0: Hey guys, so it's been a while, and I apologize for that because uh, I've been quite busy in the last two months. Um, But anyhow, I have a couple of uh, topics I wanted to go through today, and firstly, another payment issue. Um, so recently I had a client that uh, tried to hire me to go to Karazawa, uh, which is a nearby city in, um, from Tokyo and, um, they wanted me to shoot the resort. And so for about four or five days, um, uh, you know, I knew it was going to be a rush job and, uh, that everything was going to be last minute. And from the first day I've already mentioned to them that you know overseas jobs like this we need to take on the deposit and if uh, for any newcomers uh, um, I've always emphasized that you always ask for the payment up front um, or at least before a overseas trip and if you can't get the full payment it's always kind of crucial to get a big sum a big lump like maybe fifty percent or seventy percent prior to your trip because i always see that a a a deposit or the upfront payment is actually the client's um, contribution or sincerity towards the job and my experience is if you can't get a deposit um or a, a a full payment Prior to um, the job, you're most likely not going to ha- get too much, uh, you're not going to ha- get success getting a um, payment in time after the job. That's just my experience. And for clients that are willing to uh, give you a deposit or even a full payment, most likely payment's not an issue and the clients are usually great. Um, so ended up, I spent about five days over the phone with um, several of their staff, and, uh, and obviously the client in charge of the project, uh, uh, overgoing the things that we need to shoot and, and all the logistics um, for this trip. But uh, on the fifth day when I urged that, you know, it's, it's time that we settle the, the, the deposit or payment, um, everything went silent. And I knew by that time that they weren't ready. And now, mind you, this job is still... Um in, in the negotiations and uh, most likely, I'm, I'm actually at the airport once again and waiting uh, waiting to board uh, for a trip in Japan also, but uh, this j- particular job is most likely gonna go ahead after I come back. And I'm not bad-mouthing this client saying that, you know, they're not willing to pay or whatever, but the fact that they weren't ready to give me a deposit or a full payment at that time shows me that they weren't, I mean, in it w- a part of them wanted to go ahead and get this, uh, get the photos as soon as possible. But then a part of them didn't realize that there was a lot of logistical issues that we had to go through, and um, and that you know they weren't really that ready. So basically, I uh, after five days, and I knew that th- they weren't ready to pay a deposit. I just told them don 't worry let 's let 's keep this you know up in the air and uh, we'll'll uh, we'll, uh, discuss it in the future weeks and if you know maybe push back the job uh, a couple of weeks later um, and get things done properly and sometimes um, with certain clients uh, because they may be very very busy in their industry, they don 't understand that Getting a photographer over to cover a large resort of that size isn't just as simple as oh, uh, giving you a call telling you when to go and you expense us whatever you spent on this trip and, and invoice me the services uh, for the services and it's not that, that simple obviously you know like we know we, we often have to bring assistance and um, there's also a lot of different service charges when we're carrying equipment and also not to mention like you know things like hotels and accommodations and rental cars and maybe sometimes we need a translator you know there's a lot of things that we need to do Um, And most of the times, uh, customers are are very cool with that kind of thing. It's just that they don't understand that, oh, there's actually so much to it. So, yeah, once again, I urge that if you're not, like, if you're still doing jobs where, oh, I'll do the job first and then I'll invoice you and you have, like, a 30-day payment term to pay up, I really urge you to start practicing where you get, a deposit or even a full payment up front. Um, it's just to protect yourself. Um, and also, sometimes if you're working with some other people and that job cancels on you and you don't have a deposit. Um, those people may not want to work with you again because they'll realize that you're, you're, you handle things like these poorly and that their job is not secure so uh, not only are you protecting your own uh, work but you're also protecting uh, the, your, your, your crew and it's important because good, you want to keep good good crew with you and uh, you want people to be willing to work with you and give you the best availability so um, apart from that a second thing that I've kind of heard a lot of in, in groups uh, on, on Facebook is about um, the quality of, of gear and uh, specifically two things that I own, Uh, well maybe three actually, and uh, I've mentioned this before in previous um, uh, podcasts, but um, basically it's with the new, well not so new anymore, but the Leofoto uh, G4 um, head, and also with these uh, 055 Frodo sticks, um, along with the uh, 410 Juniors. These three things are things I, I, I do own um, and that I've heard from a lot of people the quality is um, inconsistent or that it's not reliable um, I really had have not had any issues with quality, and uh, I have no relations with menfrodo or with Leo photo. I wish I had but um, and so I'm not trying to defend them in any way, but I really think um I, I don't know, I, I maybe it's the way that, I don't baby my stuff neither, but I don't f- throw them around and toss them in the back of a trunk neither, you know what I mean? So, um, I have was quest- questioned whether or not it's like, you know, um, a batch issue or that, um, you know, quality issue. Um, QC in, in North America, QC in Asia, whether, you know, there, there's a difference in that. But I, I really think that, you know, judging from how I see my assistant w- work and uh, having seen him gone through a lot of my equipment throughout the years and he's improved in that sense. Um, quite a lot because in the beginning when I first hired him there was a lot of turnover in terms of um, equipment because he didn't really know how to take care of it I'm, I'm not trying to put the blame on a, a lot of these users that are saying they have issues with the Menfrotos and the Leofoto um, but you know then again though I don't think brands like Menfrodo and Leofoto are um, really ba- are bad brands with you know that are not reliable neither um i like to compare like you know for example if you're comparing a manfrotto with an rrs or a leo photo with an Arca swiss d4 or the cube it's like comparing a honda civic with a Porsche 911 or a, or 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 a lamborghini so or better yet, yeah, maybe I should just say, a, or a Mercedes, right? So, sure, like, if you got into an accident with a Honda Civic, um, you know, you're most likely going to get a lot more damage, right? But um, other than that, though, a Honda Civic is quite r- a reliable car, and, you know, it gives you great gas ma- mileage, and, you know, you get a lot of value in that. Um, that's what I've had so far with the photo and, you know, I... I uh, I I I probably one day will go with a, a B four uh, Arca Swiss, um, but at the moment I just don't see the need for it. Uh, um, you know, uh, having the four ten junior and the leofroto d4 um you know i haven't had any issues with l- the knobs loosening or with some of the things that people were saying about the manfrotos neither where the you know in one case i saw a whole leg snap off you know um i think th- if if in the legs just if legs just snap off like that and it, w- it, w- it wasn't snapped off at the aluminum part but it was snapped off at the joint, which is kind of a serious issue. I think there's a big issue with the QC, and I would question whether or not that's a fake Mount Frodo. <laughs> um, so the thing is, that, you know, w- w- I, I went through going, um, working as a photographer's assistant, um, and then s- later becoming an a photographer myself, and when I was a photographer's assistant, I got hell for mistreating equipment and, you know, like things like you're just tying up a cable. Um, and so, you know, I learned how to put away a cable properly uh, or I learned how to not put lights with, with light stands in the same um, uh, case. And just recently, actually, I felt really bad because I sold a buddy of mine a set of lights. And the lights were working fine and, you know, it's been less than a year and then he told me recently the lights uh, fell apart. So, uh, I, I, but then again though, one time I followed him to a shoot and I saw how he packed away his lights and I didn't want to say anything because, you know, that's his way of working but it was definitely unorganized and also uh, i could see how those lights got damaged because you know if you're carrying these cases with a lot of loose equipment and it's banging around um you know lights i mean they're not that fragile but they also weren't meant to go off-road in an off-road truck neither you know what I mean so one of the first things I learned from a gaffer actually when I, w- I used to work on a film set is you never shake lights around and um, you know even when you're carrying them you try to minimize any sudden movements um, just to avoid anything loosening up so yeah, I mean, if you are one of those photographers that, you know, notice that there's a lot of turnover in your equipment, perhaps it's, it's worth to just invest in the organization of, of, of your equipment. So that's, that's two. Um, and the last thing I wanted to go through is just, you know, something fun I came up with, and it's the 10 things I hate shooting. So basically, I shoot a lot of restaurants as well, uh, apart from um, interiors and architecture but so, I kind of mixed up um, a few things and and this is a really updated list because quite recently I had I, I shot for a uh, food chain and I've realized wow I hate shooting these things. Um, first on the list is oysters and abalone, and one of the reasons is that first of all, um, you know there's a lot of bad oysters, <laughs> and it takes a while to kind of choose the one that you like, and by the time um, you get one. Uh, you know, or you get a few that you like. You know, they start to smell pretty bad too. Um, the other thing with abalone, I don't know if you guys know what, what abalone is. It's just like a, um, it's a, like a shellfish, and uh, it's sort of like an oyster. But um, basically, it will move around, and it'll, it'll, it will. If you don't kind of like poke it, it will start to flop down and get really flat. Looking, which is not great for photography, so you always have to get like either a chopstick or a knife or something to kind of agitate it to make it fluff up um, and you know it's just the look of it isn 't great neither; it looks like something you know you see in an alien movie um, the, s- the second thing uh, I, this is probably along with the third thing, but uh, the second thing is pizza now. Um, I do a lot of food advertising work, and sometimes a client will say, oh, well, you know, can you come back another day, and I want to hire you to shoot this pizza for a menu. Um, they don't understand that food like pizza requires a lot of uh, food styling, and it's not like you bake a pizza, and then I can just shoot it fresh, and it'll look great, and it most likely will look like shit, right? Um, so I'm, I usually try. Down, work like that um, unless they're willing to hire a food stylist, Uh, and then that comes to the third thing, which is burgers. Um, You know, uh, pizzas and burgers are probably my favorite food of all time, but I I hate shooting burgers as well because that's the other thing. Like people's uh, clients will come up to me and say, "Oh, we have a lovely burger and it looks great. Um, You know, can you shoot it for me?" But they don't realize that. The burger you see on, like, a a Burger King commercial doesn't come out like that, you know, like, there's a lot of prep and food styling that goes into it, and maybe one day I'll, I'll do a podcast just on food styling, but, um... You know, so basically, that's another uh, job I will turn down usually. Is when a client just says, "Oh, well, we're gonna, ha- we're we're making a lot of burgers on a certain day, and we'd like you to come over and shoot it uh, as we're trying them." You know, that that's to me doesn't sound like a professional shoot. That to me sounds more like an instra- Instagram shoot um the fourth thing is unkept offices oh my god this is like the worst because an uh, unkept office takes up a lot of the photographer's time so usually i would go and tell um, the client to Know, get organized and clean up the place before I go in and shoot and I and this is where the recce is kind of important because the recce you know while they think it's just there to check out the lighting and the, you know all sorts of things but they don't realize I'm also checking whether or not that place is tidy and if not then I'll make sure they clean it up. Um, fifth thing is profiles and headshots of people that don't care wow I I don't do headshots and profile shots anymore as much but when I did I used to hate when people hire you for a headshot and they would come in with unkept hair and loose really really loose makeup for the fact that they just had they got wasted the the night before Um, and you know famous line they would give you is like oh can you touch it up for me or can you just kind of make me look slimmer or can you just kind of make me look not as tired and uh, you know they don't understand that it's called touch-up not plastic surgery you know what i mean so that's one thing um uh, i really hate about profile shots uh and also not to mention very, very sensitive to how they look, and they are never satisfied, because um, even if you if you shoot a great looking portrait, there's always gonna be something that they don't like about it. So um, that's something that uh, I kind of stayed away from doing early in my career. And I, I, I don't know, the last time I shot a profile was probably like three, four years ago. Um, the next thing, oh back to food again, so the next thing is steak and ribs, um, I've, I've had a lot of success shooting steak and ribs, I did a lot of um, American chain restaurants, but the thing is I hate shooting for a lot of these steak houses or um, the American restaurants because often their steak aren't pretty. I mean you see a lot of like nice like marbling in, in the steak and advertising and that's you know when you have a good client that you know they're willing to spend money to get the photograph done but when you have a client that already finds your photography very expensive you know they're going to be very cheap when it comes to giving you an actual piece of steak to shoot. Um, because most likely they 'll have to write it off uh, because we do raw and also um, partially cooked uh, steak, and I mean partially cooked because in in advertising photography the the steak is never cooked for um, like you would for uh, a restaurant and it's never ready to eat like you can't eat the steak i mean you can but it'll probably taste like crap um basically what we usually do um, is do a very similar to a slow cook and then we'll use a torch to kind of either um dart, uh, char the, the the outside or we'll use a um a to- starter, uh, I think that's what it's called, uh, or or, sorry, a coal starter to um, get the uh, grill marks on the steak, but, um, you know, of all the foods, steak is something that the crew never um, uh, craves on after we're done with on a shoot. But the thing is, so, you know, so what do we do with a lot of the uh, steak that is not that superior, um, and often the clients ask, Oh, can you add the marbling or can you just you know tweak the colors and you know sometimes I, I I like to tell ask the client why don't you just give me a better piece of steak because it's like you know not to be mean or anything, but it's similar as saying, Oh, you get me an ugly model and uh, to shoot. Um, your clothes, and then afterwards, you asked me to, 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 to key in another model's face, or to to, to f- touch it up so that she looks really, or he looks really, really handsome or pretty. Um, you know, that's that doesn't help. It doesn't happen that way. You know what I mean? So, uh, but unfortunately, I had gone through a lot of these clients, and well you know I pulled it off at the end, but it's not ideal. So. Well, I still do a lot of steak now and then, but uh, it's definitely not on my preferred list. So after steak, let's... Okay, the, the next one pretty obvious. And I'm, I love children, but I hate shooting children. Um, it's... For me, uh, I think one of the reasons why I went into still life is the fact that I can't control a lot of the non-professional um, subjects so like i I have no problem controlling a model, but i'll have big issues trying uh, you know trying to get someone that's not um, it's not a problem of photogenic or not, but it's more of an issue of that they're shy or they're willing to get their photos taken and obviously children um, come into this category. Um, The next thing is cheap glass and cheap plastic. Now, if you ever shoot um, uh, products, um, and and that especially for uh, beverage companies, you'll know that um, the quality of glass is very very important. And what I mean by that is that um, there's like, like, for example, like the Starbucks Frappuccino cups um, tend to be of a, a, a bit of a higher grade type of plastic, but you will come into a lot of plastic cups that, especially when you're shooting macro, you'll see a lot of these um, um, I wouldn't call it like a small. Um, that appear uh, through the material, and um, which is, you know, something that you can't get rid of in post. And it just reveals the quality of the plastic to be very cheap. And that actually happens with um, glass as well. And I think one of the, th- the people that kind of um, mentioned about this in their tutorial, as well as Rob Grimm, who's an excellent product photographer, and he um, he sort of persuaded me in his tutorial that you know we should always invest in good glass, and I think that's so true because especially if you do a lot of beverage, um, you know, having a good uh, beer draft beer glass or a beer mug. Uh, on hand will always be useful and uh, you know will only ensure that at the time when you have nothing else to use that you can just use your own beer mug or beer glass and to ensure like you know you don't have to do too much tweaking at the end in Photoshop so the last thing I want to talk about is designers with bad tastes uh, this is this topic I can go on and on forever, um, and this applies to interiors, to fashion designers, um, and, you know, I guess in certain products as well, but I'm mainly going to focus on interiors and fashion designers because that's what I've kind of come, um, uh, 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 that's the two areas that I work a lot with, and, um, so basically you know i've done a lot of model homes where you just walk in and you're like your jaws just drop when the styling of the whole um interior is just whack and often there's so much color tweaking and there's so much rearranging you need to do for the clients and it's just very time tedious. And what's worse is actually in the fashion because you, unlike an um, interior of a home where you can take away many things that you think is a bit overdone and you can kind of uh, tweak the colors in post, you can't do that with fashion and you're really stuck with the designer's concept fashion and you know you try tweaking the colors in fashion um, and especially if you're shooting something like a lookbook the designers aren't going to be too happy with it because you're tweaking the actual colors so when you're shooting fashion photography you're kind of stuck and I've shot some fashion uh, earlier in my career where um, you know the dresses were just pure ugly Um, as mean as that may sound um, but you know it's it's my job isn't to uh, shoot something that's just beautiful right like it's it's to portray the the division of the designer so I had to you know shoot go on and shoot it as, uh, as best I can but The thing is if you are working with a designer that you know you have questionable tastes it's really really hard to to execute what you do Um, so yeah that's just a a list of top 10 things that I hate shooting and uh, if you have a list of your own please share with me I would like to see I would like to hear about it too Um, actually I think it would be good um, of discussion in future podcasts to talk about food styling um, or at least my experience with food styling uh, maybe on the next podcast when I arrive in Japan but uh, until then it was a pleasure to share my thoughts with you and I uh, hope you guys keep listening thanks